you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Move the Sticks podcast. I'm Bucky Brooks, and I am joined by, I mean, Mr. All-Knowing in the world of football, whether real or fantasy, Marcus Gunn. Marcus, what's happening? How you doing? What's going on? Good. I'm, I'm good, Buck. I appreciate you uh, letting me sit in for DJ today. No, no. This, this, this is fun, man, because anytime I think we get an opportunity to bridge both worlds to kind of talk a little bit about football from maybe different viewpoints. I think it stretches and challenges and we end up having good conversation. And so before we even start the conversation, I don't know if you're related to Aaron Donald, but I think this would be a good time to hit him up for a loan because Aaron Donald just signed a blockbuster deal, (laughs) a blockbuster extension. Um, If my math is correct, I think it's three years upwards to $95 million, 60 something million guaranteed so he can stay with the Rams and stave off for retirement. What is your initial reaction to this big deal for the Rams? I mean, one, yeah, can I hold something? Uh, <laughs> two, two, I mean, look, good, good for him, right? I mean, obviously this is a guy who has been dominant from the moment he stepped on the field in the NFL. And like, I'm, I'm old enough to remember when people thought maybe he was too short to be, uh, you know, a, a dominant, like legitimate NFL player. Now it turns out that he is arguably the best defensive player and one of the best players overall in the NFL. So, I mean, good for him. I think it's funny that you, you talk about retirement. I mean, I was joking yesterday that, you know, it, it was about 10 minutes after the Super Bowl. It felt like Aaron Donald was talking about retiring. Sean McVay was saying maybe, you know, he'd had enough and he was going to step away and, and start broadcasting. And then, you know, I think a few days later, reality set in and they realized, hey, maybe we can kind of keep this thing going. But this also, to me, sort of fits in with what the Rams do. I mean, part of their their whole team-building philosophy has been that we don't really worry about draft picks so much. We especially don't worry about first-round draft picks. But 
they are very good at finding veterans they can bring in and they can give the bag to. I mean, you know, they they bring in a guy like Matthew Stafford and that helps them. Now they're kind of keeping Aaron Donald in the fold right now. And so you know, Les Snead might not be trying to bring in young guys, but he has a he has a philosophy and he has an idea and going and throwing the bag at Aaron Donald right now to keep him in Los Angeles, I think very much fits in line with how they believe in trying to build that roster. Yeah, now look, um, having lived in L.A. for over 20 years, to me, this just kind of reeks of I feel like the L.A. Rams have gone over to Staples, what, what used to be Staples Center. Crypto and, and they have decided that we're going to do what the Lakers have done for years. We're going to go all in on superstars. We're going to let other people develop the superstars. And then when they come to maturity, we're going to pay them whatever we need to get them. And then they will mix in a handful of their own stars with that and find some pieces around them. But this is L.A. It's Hollywood. Star power is everything. And I think the Rams have just embraced it. Now, Aaron Donald is one that is a homegrown star, but let's look at the rest of the stars that they look. Matthew Stafford uh, came from elsewhere. Jalen Ramsey came from elsewhere. Last year, they bore Von Miller, Odell Beckham Jr. They just signed over Allen Robinson. And somehow, Sean McVay is able to take a mix of people and get them to kind of buy into the culture and whatever the environment is there. And it works. And I think the way that they've been able to do it and the way that they're able to reward their own players, because they're not only paying stars from other teams, they find a way to reward their own players. Mm -hmm. Aaron Donald's going to get paid when he got paid. Cooper Cup is next in line to get paid. And what they've said is, yeah, we don't worry about those draft pick things. Like we like what's (laughs) here and now. We'll worry about building the team next year when next year comes around. But right now we're worried about the here and now and, I love it, and I just think they put a tremendous amount of pressure on team builders around the league because when fan bases look and they're like, well, everyone has always told us that in a salary cap era, we can't pay all this money and keep the team together, yet I look at L.A. and they have the team together. I think more creativity and aggressiveness is going to be seen when we think about constructing these rosters. Absolutely. And the Rams are sort of the test case for all those people who like to say the salary cap isn't real or that you can maneuver around it. And the Rams have shown that you can do that. And I I think it's funny you compare them to the Lakers because in a lot of ways it's true, although I will say at least in the short term, the the Rams are having a lot more success than the Lakers have had, uh, you know, this this past year. But the the idea, the philosophy is absolutely there with them. And so, uh, you know, that is going to be the hard part because we always talk about this being a copycat league. And you know, for so many years, people looked at team building as, you know what, we want to get, if we can get ourselves a young quarterback on a rookie deal. I mean, we saw it with the Seahawks when they had Russell Wilson. I mean, we've kind of seen it with the, the Ravens and, and trying to build around Lamar Jackson. Um, you know, the Rams have shown that you don't necessarily have to do that. That isn't always the way. And so that's going to put a lot of pressure on teams if they want to try to copy what the Rams did, because, you know, We've seen that it's possible, but it's not easy and not everybody can do it. Not everybody can do that calculus to get all those contracts in there. And, I, you know, I, I've even seen there are even NFL players asking you where are the Rams getting all this money to do this, to bring all these people in. I mean, credit the folks there in that building for getting it done, because it's not something that you're going to see replicated. Even though teams might try, you're going to end up a lot of teams in salary cap hell and locking themselves up trying to do what the Rams have done. Yeah, no, I, I think what the Rams are doing is, is really funny. I mean, in a way, it's, it's like looking at a college football team now and using NIL and the transfer portal or whatever. Before, we talked about, hey, I have a three- or four- or five-year plan before we grade. And the, the Rams are operating on that year-to-year thing. 
and we'll be the, build a team up for the year. And then at the end of the year, we'll look at where we have to kind of siphon off some parts and figure out what, what we need to do. But they're committed to it. And I think the reason why it works is because their coach does a great job of building relationships with his players. Whatever the secret sauce is in terms of what the Rams are doing in their facility to get guys to kind of buy into kind of this transient nature of the roster. Look, man, I, th- I think people want to copy it. And it'll be interesting to see as more coaches leave the Rams and begin to start their own programs, do they take this with them? Do they take this like, yeah, no, 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 we want stars. I don't worry about the draft as much. I want stars. But the guys that we take in the later rounds, we'll develop them. But we're building around stars and we'll supplement it with whatever we have to find on the streets. Well, and I think, but I think you're starting to see some of that, right? I mean, look at some of the other coaches who've peeled off from the Rams coaching staff. I mean, look, uh, the, the Bengals were in the Sue Zach Taylor and the Bengals were in the Super Bowl last year against McVeigh. I mean, Brandon Staley, uh, you know, they're sharing the same building there with the Chargers, uh, and they haven't quite taken the leap, but they're close, right? You feel like the Chargers aren't that far away from making that leap. So, you know, maybe it's something. I always look at Sean McVeigh. He's like the cool teacher that everybody wants in high school, right? Like the guy, I I mean, you know, my senior year of high school, we had an English teacher who was like 29, right? So he wasn't terribly far away from us in age with students and everybody loved him. And I I feel that kind of thing with Sean McVay where he can sort of relate to the players on their level because the age gap really isn't that big. In fact, well, I think Andrew Whitworth was actually older than Sean McVay, right? Uh, So the age gap really isn't really there. But at the same time, when it's time to buckle down and work, McVay commands that sort of respect to get those guys to do that. And I think that's hard. I think that's, you know, sort of what Kyle Shanahan's been able to do in San Francisco. I think that's what Taylor and Staley are trying to do in their respective places. Um, you know, and maybe maybe that's the next move for a lot of teams, right? If you can find that that sort of, you know, cool high school teacher vibe uh, that can get those guys to work, maybe that's the next key to success around the league. Yeah, no, I, I think that certainly is the key to success. I think it's funny that you mentioned uh, some of the guys, Brandon Staley in particular, because they also have kind of, pluck some star power from others to put it together. And the fact that they're playing in SoFi, sharing the same building, sharing the same market per se, I think they also feel the pressure too. Hey, we not only need to play and play at a high level, but we kind of need to have some recognizable names mm-hmm. that have played at a high level to make people come and watch us while we also are using those stars uh, to go to the next level. So now uh, you're from Northern California, right? Yep. Like you're kind of like a, a, a Bay Area guy. And so there's some stuff going on in the Bay that I think we kind of need to talk about. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers have excused Jimmy Garoppolo from coming to minicamp. He is still recovering from his surgery and his injury. And, you know, this is a great opportunity for the Niners to really go all in on Trey Lance and let Trey Lance kind of run it from top to bottom, get a feel for being kind of like maybe the pseudo starter right now while Jimmy Garoppolo is out um, as someone who is familiar with how they get down up there with the faithful. What are your thoughts initially on Trey Lance? Well, I think everybody's excited about what Trey Lance can be. Um, I mean, let's just be honest the the times we saw him on the field as a starter, eh, you know, it was, it was kind of up and down, right? I mean, there were moments when you understood why the Niners took him at number three overall, because you could see the talent, but there are moments when it was like, okay, he looks very raw right now. But I mean, I will say that I think amongst the fan base, there really is a belief that you know, I, I don't know that there's a strong belief that Jimmy can get them over the hump, that he's taken them far. He's gotten them to a Super Bowl. He got them to an NFC championship game. But, you know, there's just kind of this belief that when the chips are down, 
Jimmy is not going to make the play that you need him to make. Everybody still remembers the overthrow of Emmanuel Sanders in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs. Uh, you know, I look, I have uh, a text chain with some friends who are all 49ers fans. And for at least a good month or so, one of my friends was counting the number of days since Jimmy Garoppolo threw a soul-crushing interception in the NFC Championship game. I think we've since given up on that because we're so far removed <laughs> at this point. But I think, I think you know, there's there's a feeling of, okay, Jimmy maybe has taken us as far as he can take us, but I think there's also some cautious optimism that, you know, is Trey Lance ready to step in and take over for a team that, you know, still has at least some kind of championship window open? You know, they, they have to deal with the Rams, obviously, but this team is not, you know, they're not rebuilding. They are, they are not far away from their ultimate goal, but I think there's still some cautious optimism. Is Trey Lance ready? And I'll say that the reports that we're getting out of San Francisco are kind of a mixed bag. I mean, there, there are some reporters that are saying, look, Trey looks okay, that, that he seems to be progressing. There are things he does well. There are some that are saying, look, he's not ready and the team's not certain about him. So I don't know that that's helping solidify any one kind of narrative about him. But I think more than anything, it's just, it's all about upside. And we, we talk about that in fantasy football, right? The upside of what a player can be, where his ceiling potentially is. And I think the fact that Lance has a high projected ceiling at least sparks some optimism and some excitement about what this offense can turn into. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I think the evaluator in me is so excited about what the possibilities could be with Trey Lance at quarterback. Not necessarily because of the numbers that I expect him to put up, but just the creativity that I think Kyle Shanahan could could kind of lean into when it comes to Trey Lance as a runner. We saw moments where we saw the quarterback run game. Uh, we've seen moments where they've kind of blended in some of those things with Debo and fly sweeps and all that. But in my mind, I look at this where I'm like, if Jalen Hurts can completely change the way that people had to defend the Philadelphia Eagles, why can't Trey Lance have an even greater impact? You know, I think, Trey Lance was a prospect that certainly was um, given more props in terms of his potential and upside than Jalen Hurts coming in. But yet you looked at what the Philadelphia Eagles did when Jalen Hurts and this team committed to running the ball and they were having 200 yards on the ground and he was looking like the single wing uh, quarterback and running downhill. And so I'm thinking, man, Trey Lance in this offense that's already known and feared for the ability to run, adding a quarterback to the mix. I'm not saying that it gives them the same kind of fear factor that they had with Colin Kaepernick, but I do remember those days when you had to deal with that offense. Mm -hmm. And so to me, I just think it could be a perfect world of seeing Trey Lance playing an offense that's creative, that's physical, but also has a lot of the bells and whistles that really makes defensive coordinators stay up at night. So I, I got to ask you this question, though, because I know that one of the persistent rumors has been that Kyle Shanahan didn't really want Trey Lance and he wanted Mac Jones and he was sort of I guess peer pressured if you will uh into taking Trey Lance I mean mm -hmm. do you believe there's any truth to that or is this just internet talk you know I don't know like it, it's funny right because there is some of that conversation that like hey Mac Jones is the guy whatever but then in my mind I would say what was really the major difference between Mac Jones and Jimmy Garoppolo mm -hmm. like I mean look I, I know that Kyle Shanahan had a ton of success with Matt Ryan in Atlanta, but I don't think that Mac Jones was the same kind of prospect mm -hmm. as Matt Ryan. Mm -hmm. And so like, yeah, if he was going to do the same thing, but to me, it just strikes me as, man, we have a creative offensive coordinator and you're just looking at what he's been able to do. You would like to think that they're always kind of pushing 
the boundaries and the limits. And you will look at what Brian Dayball was able to do with Josh Allen and what uh, the Baltimore Ravens were able to do with Lamar Jackson. Trey Lance isn't necessarily either one of those, but you see the impact that an athletic playmaker at that position can, can do. And I just think when you take that and add it to a, a running game that is already pretty much feared around the league, I just think, man, the sky's the limit for what the Niners offense could look like. Yeah, no, I agree. I also, I also just don't think that, you know, if they really wanted Mac Jones, I don't think they give up all these assets to move up to three when there was, there was no, there was no, no thought, no suspicion that, that Mac Jones is going to go that early. They could have stayed at, where were they, 11, 12, something like that, and still, yeah. still gotten Jones. <laughs> yeah, and look, and look, Jones has been good, and I think he's been good, and I think um, there is certainly uh, people who may look back and be like, well, maybe we're a little down on Mac Jones, being included. Like, maybe he was a little better prospect than we've given him. But then you go back and look at how he played and performed at – New England, he did a really good job of taking care of the football. He did a really good job of playing well within their system. Um, I think you can win with Mac Jones. I don't think you win because of Matt Jones. And that's the difference. I think Trey Lance has the potential to be a guy that you win because of, because of his athleticism, because of his ability to extend plays, because of the other stuff that he brings to the table. I think he eventually can be that quarterback that you win because of. And so, he may start the race behind Mac Jones, but I think the potential is there for him to surpass him down the line. No, I agree. I, I've always loved your analogy of trucks versus trailers. And I think, you know, Mac Jones maybe could become a truck one day, but I think at the moment he's he's kind of more trailer, I think, than truck. Yeah. So we're going to take a break. But when we come back after the break, we'll discuss drafting our top 10 wide receivers right after this. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com iHeart. That's LifeLock.com iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does the hard parts for you. 
luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more with a home management team that provides support before, during, and after your stay so you can focus on the relaxing, hosting, and making memories with family and friends. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. With Picasso, you can stop saying someday and start building family traditions today in a vacation home you own and revisit time after time. Visit Picasso.com today to see thousands of luxury vacation home listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, hey, <laughs> hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have know to do that saying? with everyone you meet? try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or, like, put a sign in your yard, but... All right, so what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. All right, so look, Mark, because you've been playing this game enough to know when it comes to podcasting, when it comes to radio, TV, there is nothing more than a list. And there's nothing more than a list than drafting a list so people can get upset about it. So get mad. So people just get mad, right? I just just love people getting mad about (laughs) our opinions and what we think and who we take or whatever. But today, to mix it up a little bit, um, we're going to talk about wide receivers. And because wide receivers have become the marquee position on offense outside of quarterback the next thing that everyone talks about is the pass catcher the playmaker and so in this league we've seen young guys we've seen old guys just put up ridiculous numbers so what we're going to do is we're going to look at the top receivers around the league we're going we're going to have a a top 10 draft i'm gonna let you pick first and so we'll get five picks a piece we'll alternate it and then we'll just kind of see what it looks like at the end of the day our top five no our top 10 receivers Mm -hmm. in this year's uh NFL. All right. So I, I get to start at number one. All right. I know, I know that Cooper Cup put up ridiculous numbers last year, but at number one, I still believe it's Devontae Adams. I still think he is the best receiver in the game. Uh, you know, and and I think we're gonna see, you know, I, I think we're gonna get a, a good chance to see. People thought maybe that Aaron Rodgers had a lot to do with it, and he probably did, but now uh he goes to Vegas, he gets to to pair up with his old college teammate. Uh, him and Derek Carr did big things at Fresno State, and I think they'll continue to do big things in the NFL. So I got Devontae Adams at one. 
Okay, so I like the pick, and I like the pick of Devontae Adams at one. I think it's hard to dismiss what he is is as a playmaker, as a route runner, as a get-open specialist. Change the scenery. Might change it a little bit in Vegas because you go from Aaron Rodgers to Derek Carr, but the synergy that they have from college, look, that will probably show up. So I expect them to put up big numbers. So I'll go with that. I'm going to go with Cooper Cup because there are only a handful of guys that have won the Triple Crown. That is lead the league in receptions, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns. Uh, Cooper Cup is in a special category. I was at Carolina when Steve Smith did it. I understand how hard it is for a guy to do that, even if you are force feeding him the ball. When I look look at Cooper Cup and the numbers, look, man, you go over the course of the season, including the playoffs, he's well over 2,000 yards. You look at the touchdowns, I mean, 16 regular season touchdowns. He had 191 targets. <laughs> look, look, you know, I'm a fantasy player. I know you're the fantasy expert. I just know that I got a chance to win a bunch of fantasy games. If the guy that I have on my team, if they're targeting him, like, 10, 12, 13 times a game, we are going to be okay. So I'm going to continue to bank on the Rams, find a way to feed the pig. I think the pig is Cooper Cup, and that's why I have him uh, second on this list, number one in my heart, though. Yeah, no, I got I got no beef with that. I mean, literally for me, it was it came down to Cup and Adams is at the one spot. So I went Devontae Cooper Cup at number two. Just this makes a lot of sense. This is where I think it sort of gets interesting. I think there's a lot of names that can kind of come mm-hmm. into this third spot right here. So I'm going to go... We, we, you know, everything being sort of equal, I'm going to kind of go with youth and I'm going to go Justin Jefferson here because Ooh. this is a dude who, you know, I remember when he came out of LSU, there was this talk that, hey, maybe, you know, he's just a big slot receiver. Like, that's all he can yeah. do. And in a couple of years, he's proven that he can do a whole lot more than that to the point that, you know, he's certainly over, overtaken Adam Thielen as the number one target in that offense. He's got a lot of trust out of Kirk Cousins, and I don't think he's hit his ceiling yet. I think there's still room for him to get even better. So uh, a guy who's still very young, who is still, I think, developing his game, but has already shown that he can be a top-level receiver, uh, I'm going to take Justin Jefferson at three. Oh, I mean, this is a good one. And this is a good one because Justin Jefferson is an outstanding route runner. Uh, I remember when he was coming out of LSU and uh, his old, I guess, the consultant there, Jerry Sullivan, was like, hey, man, he's a guy. He's the one that makes it happen. He is a guy that is right now ready to go and play. And I was like, I hear you, Jerry. I don't know. But, yep, he's right. And I've seen the the (laughs) video, the latest video that went viral of him running routes and practicing. Yeah, Marcus, I think you got that one right. I am with it. So now I'm picking fourth and I'm torn. Because everyone loves what's going on down in South Florida. I mean, they got the cheetah. He's running around. You got Tua Tagovailoa talking bold to the keyboard warriors, saying, hey, man, I'm throwing deep balls and all of this. And I love it. But I'm a little nervous. So instead of taking Tyreek Hill with this one, I am going to take Jamar Chase. Mm. And I'm taking Jamar Chase because what he did last year was nothing short of remarkable. Just coming off of the the worry and the angst and anxiety that just hovered over Cincinnati when he had, look, a few drops in preseason. People didn't know if he could play. And then lo and behold, he just goes and lights it up. You're talking about a guy who has 1,400 yards, 13 touchdowns. Uh, look, just kind of does his own thing. And I think he's just scratched the surface of what he could be. So I'm going to go with Jamar Chase because I think this dude is dynamite. And the fact that we got LSU receivers going back-to-back, 
speaks volumes about that championship team and who Joe Burrow was throwing to when he led the uh, Bayou Bengals to a title. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I had a chance to talk to Justin Jefferson at Pro Bowl practice, and I just sort of asked him, kind of half joking, like, who's going to get to 2,000 yards in a season first? Is it you or is it Jamar? He said, hands down, it's going to be me. So I'm going to text him right now and tell him that I'm going to get him, I'm going to get to 2,000 yards before him. Uh, I'm also old enough to remember when, you know, Jamar had a couple of drops in preseason and said it was it was harder to see the football because it didn't have stripes on it and everybody kind of wrote him off. And here he is having like, one, of the, <laughs> is one of the greatest seasons that we've ever seen out of a rookie. Um all right, so wow, so I'm at five, and Jamar Chase is off the board. Okay, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna go. I'm tempted. I'm tempted to look at Tyreek here, but it it feels like the Dolphins are trying to convince us really hard that Tua mm-hmm. can throw a great deep ball. Like they are going out of their way to convince us. And as much as I like Tua, I'm still not sold yet. But I'm sold on Stefan Diggs. I mean, oh. the dude who. I, I mean, he did big things in Minnesota. He went to Buffalo and and even took it up a notch at that point. And I know the Bills are still trying to find some more weapons. Gabe Davis played really well at the end of last season. They've got a lot of weapons there. But Stefan Diggs, to me, is still that dude. And and I will – you talk about winning in fantasy. He's a guy who helps you win in fantasy. He helps you win in real football. So I will gladly take him at number five. You know, so there's a common denominator in all the guys that we've taken, all of them are outstanding route runners. All of them have a way of getting open and kind of making things happen. And you can trust that they're going to be at the spot. And so now that we've gotten the route runners out the way, now i got to take the playmaker. So I'm going to take Tyreek Hill here. Now, I debated because there's someone that almost made me just get rid of him. But I'm going to go with Tyreek Hill here. And I'm going to say he's the OG. He's the OG because he's – look, he's fast. He's going to add a dimension to this offense. And even if Tua is not able to push the ball down the field, I think we will see more RPOs and more things to – get the ball out of his hands, and it goes into the hands of not only Tyreek Hill, but Jalen Waddle. But Tyreek Hill, he's my guy. I'll take him number six on this list. All right. No, that's, I, I got no problem with that at all. And so that leaves – you talk about playmakers. Um, and, wow, it's, I guess it's a, mm-hmm. a, it's a sign of the mm-hmm. times that he's fallen this far down the list. But Nuke Hopkins uh, is still on the board, and so I will take him at seven. I know he's going to miss the, the start of the season uh, with a suspension, but when he is there – You've seen the difference in that Cardinals offense with him and without him. And it was a little bit more of a struggle for Kyler to make plays without DeAndre Hopkins there. So even, you know, several years into the league uh, on his second team, um, I still think he's one of the best playmakers out there. And so I will gladly take him here. Oh, I am so surprised that you're going to leave this guy for me because I debated taking him when I took Tyreek Hill. But now he's sitting there. Debo Samuel's right Mm. there for me. And look. I've heard people refer to him as the wide back because he <laughs> plays running back, but he's out wide. Um, just what he's able to do. Marcus, like, and I know you love numbers and I know you can relate to numbers. The fact that Debo Samuel averaged 18 point yards per catch is ridiculous because that is a home run play every time that he touched it down the field. Then you add what he's able to do on jet sweeps and running from the backfield and all that. And I know he's not happy right now. So I'm going to say this. We're going to find a way to give Debo Samuel the cookie that he wants. He's going to be happy. We're going to get him to camp. We're going to give him a juice box. We're going to get him ready. And when he shows up for the Niners, he's going to ball out. And when he balls out, I'm going to be ecstatic. That's why I take him right now. Yeah, I, I thought about taking Debo, and I knew he wasn't going to come back around to me. So, uh, you know, I have no regrets. But, yeah, I, I figured he wasn't going to be on the board too much longer than he is. All right, so at number nine, ooh, there's so many options right now. Mm-hmm. Um. You know what? I'm going to go. 
And I'm going to take Mike Evans. And it just, it feels like at this point, we just take Mike Evans for granted, right? Like he just yeah. goes out, he gets you a thousand yards. He gets you a good number of touchdowns. He's not always flashy. He's not always spectacular, but he's gone through multiple quarterbacks and he just continues to stay steady and stay consistent. I mean, he started with Jameis. He's moved over to Tom Brady and it, and the song remains the same for Mike Evans. And so, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think he, he makes your eyes pop the way some of these other guys on this list have, but the fact that he's just been doing the same thing from the first time he stepped on the field as a rookie until now, I think that consistency alone at a high level makes him worthy of being in the top 10. Yeah, he's certainly worthy of being in the top 10. Now, here's, here's the thing when it comes to the White House. Um, everyone is going to be mad at us because I just looked <laughs> it up. Uh, Marcus, last year there were 26 players that had over 1,000 receiving yards, 23 of those were wide receivers. Wow. When you pick Mike Evans, Mike Evans was 23rd in the league in receiving yards, but he had 14 touchdowns. Right. 14 touchdowns. 14 touchdowns. So there's a, I mean, there's a value to being able to put the ball in the paint. And so now I'm sitting here and I'm saying, okay, now I can always go with what I know in terms of like safe and look, the number's there and no one will say anything and we'll be good, but that's not fun for the conversation. <laughs> so my guy, the last guy that I'm going to take Look, it cannot be a conversation on list if you do not go to Dallas and talk about America's team. Mm. C.D. Lamb mm. comes off the board at this pick. I wrote about it a couple of weeks ago. How I think this guy can be a top five player. He has all the stuff he slides into Mari Cooper's spot. He was their number one receiver last year. Now he gets, look, I think he has an opportunity to receive the amount of targets that Cooper Cup got last year, which was 191. I think C.D. Lamb gets that kind of attention. Uh, if he gets those many, if that much production comes his way, he's going to light it up. Give me C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb completes the list of top 10 receivers because I just can't go without bringing an 88 into the game. <laughs> I mean, but look at this. Look, this is how deep the position is, right? I mean, A.J. Brown doesn't make the list. D.K. Metcalf. Uh, doesn't make the list. I mean, you know, Terry McLaurin. You make an argument I mean, for like, Terry McLaurin, right? It's like these dudes don't make the list. Like, it, it, and that's what's so crazy. And you know it, man. Like just over the last ten years, because I'm sure fantasy has changed a ton in terms of like how you build it. Because I remember mm -hmm. when I was playing, it was all about the running back. The running yeah. back was kind of like the bell cow. Now we're looking at these receivers put up consistent production and numbers and touchdowns and all that other stuff. The game has changed, and so. We used to laugh when we talked about the game being a pass-happy league and we're throwing it around the yard and all that. But now it bears fruit. Like, we're seeing these guys on the perimeter are making impacts. They're getting paid like quarterbacks used to get paid. Mm -hmm. And so it's a different time. And so that top ten list, I'm sure, is going to draw the ire of some of the Muda Sticks <laughs> fans. And I'm okay with it. So you make sure you direct that ire the right way. Marcus, Marcus Rand is the one that did all that. I took the guys that you can take. <laughs> You make sure. And look, there's this thing that I love that Marcus does. And I've seen he and Adam Rank do the uh, the hype train. Mm -hmm. the, the, oh, that's my favorite oh, little song. Oh, hype train. The, hype, <laughs> the, hype, the train. hype train is going. Heck yeah, get on the hype train, man. We, we, got, we got 10 hype train dudes right here on this list. Jump on. Get on board. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So look, before I let you go, what, uh, what are you brewing on? Like what's big? What's big in fantasy? Give our people... 
a nugget or something to think about when it comes to fantasy, something that you are on before everyone else is on. Well, I'll say this. I mean, you talk about running backs, right? And it, it used to be that the first round of drafts was all running backs. It's at a point now where there are maybe a handful of elite level backs that you're still seeing go in the top four or five guys like Jonathan Taylor, Derek Henry. Uh, you could probably throw, you know, Austin Eckler, CMC in that group. But now we are starting to trend toward a lot of early wide receivers. So your first round, you're going to see Devontae Adams and Cooper Cup and Justin Jefferson. Those guys are all coming off the board in the first round. The other part of this is don't be afraid maybe to reach a little bit early for a tight end because there's only a handful of elite guys. So, you know, you've got your Mark Andrews, your Travis Kelsey's, your George, even Kyle Pitts now is probably one of those guys. Probably in the first four rounds or so, you're going to see a lot of tight ends come off the board because after the top four or five, uh, there's a pretty big gap in terms of talent and production uh, in the rest of the position group. Okay, well, we got to stay on it. I'm going to need to lean on you because you're going to have to name, help me name my fantasy team okay. when it comes down to it. I'm going to have to lean on you to do it. But look, man, this is great. This is great little crossover. <laughs> got a little, little, fantasy, little fantasy pod. Got to talk a little reality when it came to the quarterback. Talk about uh, Trey Lance, all the wide receivers. This is fun, man. We're going to have to bring you back. I'm going to have to bring you back with DJ so we really can get into the weeds and know what we need to know before we have our drafts coming up in a few weeks. I'm always down. You just give me a call. I'll be ready. Hey, man. Thanks so much, man. So that's it for the Move 6 Podcast. Make sure you keep it locked. Make sure you, you tune in. We'll be back on Thursday with another pod. Talk to you guys soon. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.